Uh, so level check one, two, three. You can hear me okay? One, two, three, four, five. Well, we got four in the books, and this is our fifth. I can't believe we're still around. Uh, we've got a hilarious show coming up for you today on The Suspendables. Uh, who to blame when your team goes bad? Yeah, Russ has got lots to say about that. Uh, the craziest, dirtiest players that uh, he's ever come across. Is there a place for fighting and great insults on the ice? We call them chirps. Who's got the best? The prank that Russ's brother Jeff got had on is just hilarious. And Brett Hall with no filter. All that and much, much more coming up on the Suspendables. Stick around. Uh, how you doing, Jimmy boy? How you doing? How was your... I'm good. I just got back off a... Uh, Sausage Fest golf tournament. Nice. Down to Baltimore. Beautiful golf course, Caves Valley. Uh, over the top. Over the top, Russ. I, uh, you know, I like to follow around, Russ, rich guys. Rich yeah. and successful yeah. guys. So yeah. so that's what I did. I went down there. But I got, I got fucking drilled. Oh, Russ. no. Yes, I got absolutely drilled. And uh, I, lo- I don't know. I lost three or four hundred. I'm probably lying there, but it's, well, it might have been a little more. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, uh, well, I can tell you this, Russ. It's it's a it's a thing about getting old, Rusty. Okay. Oh boy, Here it's a thing go. about getting old. How old How old are you? I'm going to be 58 this year. Oh and, my uh, god. Yeah, I look 80. Yeah. Stephen Hawking, who's now dead, could have played better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I was there, you know what happens, though, Russ? I'll tell you what never goes away, and maybe you can uh, tell me about this. Is you all? No matter what. No matter what. Is you always think when it comes to golf or sports, I always think I'm better than I am. Oh boy. And I got fucking smoked. Well, I don't you know? have that problem because I, I definitely don't think I'm I'm better than I am. Well, I did. Oh, so boy. I made that mistake. But it's good. Like So you do you go in with the uh with that ego handicap? Like are you a are you really a ten and you go in as a six so you get drilled as soon as you get off the plane, you're de- you're losing? I'm fucking done. You see, well, the other thing is all these guys, they all live in this, bunch of them live in the States. Yeah. And the other guys who do live uh, in Ottawa, where they're from, all play golf all winter down in Florida. Ah, like all your buddies. And so you- I'm teeing it up with, I haven't hit a ball since last September. Yeah. But I'm going, that's okay. It's like riding a bike. Don't you worry about me. Lay it on. Whatever. Yeah. You guys bet for whatever you want and uh, and I'll kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, didn't work. And I'm getting, I'm like, I don't know if you notice yourself getting older, Russ, but. Here's the problem with me is I've noticed when I got old, as I started getting old, I'd forget names, you know, like you yeah. forget a, you for, yeah. forget a guy's name. And the biggest sign of getting older amongst many other things, but the most obvious is always forgetting to pull my fly up after I go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, and the real sign of getting older is often I forget to pull my fly down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so, God. That's me. What's going on with you? Signs of getting old. Signs of getting old is uh, when I uh, turn the lights on and have a shower, get out of the shower and look in the mirror. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, who jumped in this body? Yeah. (laughs) But um, I don't know. I've been doing yoga for the last five months, four months with Gretz. Uh, Wayne and I started. I I was drawn to it by uh, how great he looked. I don't know if you've seen him lately, but he looks unreal. Wow. So I start doing it and I've lost 20 pounds and um, I, I love it. I do it five days a week. And so I'm no way. I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm going to improve. But, you know, the mirror doesn't lie. Yoga. <laughs> yeah, yoga. My yeah. side is I can't I get in the shower. I can't see my balls anymore. 
That's when I know uh, I'm getting five. fat. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it reminds you of a great story, uh, Russ. There's a there's a couple, and they wake up in the morning. Uh, they've been married for a long time, and yeah. the wife goes in to have a shower, and she comes out in the bedroom. The guys, he's got the paper there, and they they have coffee in their bedroom. You know, that's old people, right? Where they have the coffee in their bedroom, yeah. and. Uh, the lady is standing in the mirror. She's naked and she's looking at herself in uh-huh. the mirror and she's, she's going, Oh my God, look at my freaking thighs. They're all fat and droopy in my stomach. I got all this fat and my, my boobs are hanging, sagging way down. Oh my God. You know, and the, and the husband says, look at it this way, dear, you've got perfect vision. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Oh. So you can only hear that on this. He said. He said. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Russ, the play. We're the, when we do this podcast, it is playoffs round three just started. Yeah, uh, the, the four teams are set. San Jose is playing St. Louis. Yeah, right? you, you got betcha. that right. One for and, one. And uh, Boston, of course, is playing Carolina, who's on a great run. Yeah. So. There's a bunch of shit always that happens from the from the fans, okay? Um, and yeah. it, it, everything always seems to be accentuated when the playoffs come, and yet it's no different than the regular season. And one is calling for the heads, Russ. Okay, after a team yeah. loses a playoff, Columbus won the first round. They they wiped out Tampa Bay four straight, and everything was great. And then they lose the second one. Well, now people are calling for firings. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you see it all the time, Russ. So. I guess my question for you is, um, say teams don't even make the playoffs, where you hear it more at the, the postmortem. Who's at fault here, Russ, at the end of a year with, do we have to make a change, for example, if they miss the playoffs? And, it, and if we do, is it the GM? Is it the coach? Is the ownership bad? Uh, would the players have to go? I mean, uh, fans freak out about it. Fans freak yeah, out. Yeah, there's, there's so many factors. Like, um, let's just talk about LA and Chicago. They've, they were winning for years. Uh, so they have to sign all these players to these huge contracts and now they're aging, you know, getting a little long in the tooth. Right. And so they're, they're just going through that process. And I think the fans, the fans accept that, but then high expectations up where you are in Edmonton because of the players that you've got and, and uh, how exciting they are. Um, you get, Chirelli come in there and he made some just bonehead freaking trades. And um, now they're, they're starting again with, you know, some young players, but I don't, it's tough. You know, it's every team's different, but the, uh, the GM builds the team, the coach coaches and the players play. And sometimes um, a coach runs out of time because the players stop listening. And, uh, Torts is a tough coach, and and uh, I think the players like him. But then after a while, it kind of you know I think it just becomes a little bit old. Mm-hmm. But he, he's had success almost everywhere he's been, and he and they just rotate. You look at these good coaches; they end up you know three, four, or five years in one organization, and they get on to another team. And those guys, they re- get recycled usually through three teams, and then they're done. You know, fair enough, Russ. Fair enough to say, um, you know that tr- that trades don't work out. Well, when you use Shirelli, for example, uh, um, when it came time with the Oilers, and you, you said it yourself a minute ago that he made some bonehead trades. But that's all hindsight, Russ, right? That's all hindsight because no one thought he made bo- bonehead trades before they started to go for a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's sure. always it, – it's always this 
I, I mean, it's got to be a bit of a roll of the dice, isn't it? What? For sure it is. And, and sometimes when you make those trades, you're getting a player who's do, he's, he's done extremely well somewhere. It comes to an, a new place and, and he just doesn't fit. Like he just, for whatever reason, he's not fitting in. And then other guys have, you know, um, I, when I left Toronto, I, I was, I, I was in the bad books with John Brophy. I went to Montreal and my career took off. So it was, it was really fortunate and lucky for me that I went to a team and I, I got the opportunity to prove myself again, but it doesn't always happen. So it, you're right. It is a bit of a roll of the dice and, uh, and some players just do not fit in certain situations. I've, I mean, I've been on lots of teams and we traded for, for good players and they got in, They came into our organization and for whatever reason, the coach didn't like them or they didn't like the city or they didn't like the team. I don't know. It just didn't work out. Well, let's play GM for a minute. Let's okay. use the Oilers, a team that, yeah. that had high expectations. They got the best player in the league, uh, arguably, and, and – um, They've have they got good ownership. The guy wants to spend money. They got, you know, they got Wayne Gretzky in the front office. They got yeah. uh, they got all the all the ducks in a row here. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work out. Right. They didn't even make the fucking playoffs. Right. So what would you do? Well, I I mean I've I've talked to a few people about it, and they all think that um, the guys I've talked to who are in the know think they really need puck moving defensemen, guys who can really skate and um, and play with with Connor. So I don't watch them enough to really give you, you know, like, Hey Jim, if you, if you're going to play this fucking game with me, you got to at least give me a, a, like a month's heads up. (laughs) 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 Did I throw you under the bus? That's not that bad under the bus. No, but that's, Um, that's what I've heard about their team is that they, um, they need fast puck moving uh, defensemen that can get Connor the puck and, Right. So in their case, it's it's players. You got to right. get some players. Yeah. And not not so much your GM. But what is, they got they got this new GM anyway, Ken yeah. Holland, right? Yeah, which he's had incredible success. We all know that in Detroit. Apparently, he's a great guy. Um, he's uh, he's a BC boy who's um, you know he's moving a little bit closer to home. But um, I think he'll do a great job. I think he's he. Uh, He's proven himself over and over in Detroit and so, yeah. and, and he was there a long time. And I think for, for Ken, it's probably an exciting challenge for him. It's totally new. And, and he's probably, uh, he's, he's probably really excited about going to the, to work where maybe in Detroit after all those years, maybe it was just getting a little bit old. Right. So tell us this, Russ, uh, every, every fan, you know, calls for a GM's head as much as they do a player trade or a coach, mm-hmm. or or they, they, you know, in Ottawa's case, they hate the fucking owner. They want to, they want to kill him. What what is the general manager's job, Russ, day to day? What what what's his deal? Well, the the GM builds the team. He hires the coaches. He fires the coaches. Um, he's he's responsible for every player that's on the ice. And usually, a general manager and a coach are on the same page, and they work together. Mm-hmm. And, and the and the GM will prob- try to get players that the coach wants. He hired the guy usually, so they're they're usually on the same page. And um, you know he's running the ship, and then he's got a he's got to answer to the owner until when he wants to sign somebody, he's got to go talk to the owner and, and tell him why he's spending millions and millions of dollars on a certain player. And uh, so he's. 
he's probably other than the ownership the most important part of the of the team because he's the he's the architect of everything there no no i know yeah no i know um brad marchand yeah. okay is a uh, shit disturber <laughs> who plays is he who ever? plays for the boss is he ever <laughs> who plays for the boston bruins uh good player good player uh so he can sort of back up when he does these fucking stupid things oh my that he God. S- seems to do all the time and yet they're winning yeah um the most the most notorious one he did over the last few months was lick a guy's face yeah, that, when they were yelling <laughs> that was last year in the playoffs i think okay there yeah. you go yeah, yeah. Uh, last year in the playoffs and then the other night after the whistle was blown they were going to lose the game i think after the whistle was blown he just sort of casually went up behind a player who wasn't looking was on his knees getting up from the oh. from the play and fucking punched him in the oh, back I of the know. head <laughs> and and everyone's going freaky about it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, first of all, what's your take on this guy? So I, a, I, I had the pleasure of playing with Claude Lemieux, and uh, Claude is identical to to uh, Marchand. So um, I know exactly what you go through, and sometimes you're just shaking your head, going, "Really? Are you really freaking doing that right now?" Mm-hmm. And and they just, you know, they they lose control and and they do crazy stuff. And the, and they're so emotional, right? Like Claude, Claude was so emotional; it was unbelievable. And he had the loudest voice in the arena. So when he yelled at the ref, <laughs> right, the guy, the guy in the nosebleeds could hear what he was saying. <laughs> right. And it was his fr- thick French accent was so freaking. It was so good. Tabernacus right. you fucking cocksucker! <laughs> Are you gonna have a beer with them after the fucking game? <laughs> <laughs> well, the sea sucker. Right, way to go. That's the first one of the podcast. Very good. We'll have to see. How are these guys uh like you played the game? Yeah. And uh, some of it is dirty and for sure should be penalized. Is there sort of a nudge nudge wink wink uh, rust from the coach looking at a guy like Claude Lemieux or a Brad Marchand or or a fourth liner and he taps him on the shoulder and says Go out there and look after things, which really is means go out there and fucking spear someone or, or you know, cross-check them in the throat. Nah. Is that part of the reality of the game still? No, because um, coaches are trying to control player like Claude and Brad. They, they're, they don't want them in the penalty box. They want them on the ice. And so there's there's never any of that. I would I would guess that the coaches were always trying to calm them down a little bit and not do the mm-hmm. crazy shit because it, it costs the team, right? Penalties and power plays and all that. Right. The, the, I think what you're talking about is the when we, back in the 80s and 90s, when we had the big tough guys on every team, those guys would, they knew, you know, they're sitting on the bench for freaking 42 minutes and then all of a sudden they're out um, taking a face off against somebody. They knew, right. they knew why they were on the ice, but uh, the players we're talking about, like the uh, Brad, he's his coach is trying to get him to stay on the ice and settle down. Right. So th- it's a fine line. You want him to be emotional, but not too much where he's he's costing you. I don't know if we've talked. I forget now from one show to the next if we talked about your take on fighting. Um, yeah, we did. Did we talk yeah, we about that? It. And what was your take? We talked about. I. I I think it should be in the game because it's just it's policing the game when there's when there's fighting and it's it's just a way to 
You know, I, I think I'd said this before. I had 20 in my career and I, I just got to the point where I had to fight and I didn't want to fight, but I did. And um, I just think that it's a way, it's part of our game and it, it should always be in there. It's, there's less and less of it now. So it's not a big deal. You know, I'm, uh, I'm telling my kids, okay, this will be hard for you to believe Russ because you've seen my, I'm, I got a body like a Greek God, really, when you, when you see it. And uh, oh my God, yeah, you're fucking blind. Not a fighter, Russ. Okay. I was not, you're, a- you're blind. Do you have a cardboard cutout of Arnold Schwarzenegger in your bathroom? I do. Yes. Yes, you I stick do. your head through. You yes, stick I your do. head through the hole and shave. <laughs> <laughs> like the things at Disney. Um, yeah. I was telling my, I was telling my kids, my two boys. Uh, and this may be unpopular, but I said, if you're ever up against a fight, fucking turn and run. <laughs> turn, <laughs> turn and run, man. You know, oh, I never got yeah. many fights, and when I did, I, I cried. Um, what do you tell? What do you? What are you telling your son? What do you? What do you? What do you tell I, him? I, what, well, he plays college hockey. Even outside of hockey, said, though. Even outside of hockey as a kid growing nah, up. Yeah. I, I, I definitely outside, you don't want to be fighting because that's how kids get freaking stabbed um, or worse. But uh, I, I tell my son, you know, don't bother fighting because the game, even though I just said, you know, I agree with fighting in the NHL, it's really not a big deal anymore in the game. And so – um. I, I just said, you don't need to be, you don't really need to know how to fight. So just stay away from it. That's all. That's all. And in college, you can't fight. So who was the dirtiest guy you ever, you ever played against? Yeah. Or the dirtiest player. What I played against was Chris King. Yep. And, and, uh, he <laughs> were, I don't know what team I was on. I was playing against him. He was with the New York Rangers mm-hmm. and he, he always oh, with Montreal. And he kept coming up to me and he says, I'm going to carve your eyes out. I'm going to knock your teeth out. So I, I mentioned to the ref, I go, Chris King keeps saying all this shit to me and I'm starting to believe him. So just keep an eye on him. And Frick, after the first whistle of the second period, he got a 10 minute misconduct because what he was doing to me. <laughs> and the, the ref was like, holy shit, he, he, he wants to kill you. <laughs> But he was dirty. He was really dirty. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, there's many, many more players, but he's one that stuck out in, in my days of playing that he was a dirty guy. Mess, I watched, uh, I watched Mark Messi in a game one time in Ottawa uh, against, well, I remember what it was against Vancouver. Uh, a couple of stories here. Um, so I've always wondered, you know, in the, you know, in the, when the puck moves down to the other end and you'll often see there, there might've been a scrum, you know, in front of the goalie and everyone, everyone takes off and skates down the other end and mess was hanging back and then turned around and, and was yapping something to the goalie, you know? And, uh, and then he fucked off down to the other end to get back in the play. And I said to him after the game, I'm going, what are you saying to him? What'd you, what'd you say to them? Well, there he goes, well, he healed me in the back of the leg, right? With his stick. He chopped me. And, uh, I just turned to him and said, if you ever, ever, ever fucking do that again, okay, I will carve out one of your fucking right. eyes because I don't care. Because I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And he said it, it always worked. Plus, you could back it up, you know. He was, yeah. He was, yeah. He was sort of crazy. <clears throat> Mess in Dallas, playing, he was playing for the Rangers, and I was in Dallas, and he uh, elbowed Mike Botano. 
and knocked him out. Oh my God. It, he like just a sneaky, quick elbow, boom, Madano's down right. out cold ambulance comes. They bring out a stretcher. <laughs> you can Google I this. I remember that. And they, the fucking Ma- wheels come The guy they, didn't they get the him on the stretcher. On the and the, and the, uh, the, our announcer goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Badano. And they wheel him off the ice and everybody's clapping, right? You get to the ambulance at the doors and they fucking dropped him. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they he freaking and then he's all strapped in, hit his head again on the cement. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Speaking of mess, he told me, well, what you do is so you've got the uh, you know the St. John's ambulance. That's what it is in Canada, anyway. The St. John ambulance yeah. are all the guys there. Mess said you just give the guy a jersey, uh, you know who who carries out anyone who's injured. He'll fucking drop him for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I remember uh, that. I mean, yeah, that was ho- that oh, was hilarious, I- man. What about? Um, so dirtiest guys, uh, what about the chirp? The refereeing, okay, is the other topic here that I've written down. I, I can't believe I'm doing all the show prep. Um, so everyone's, uh, again, act- accentuated in the playoffs that everyone is freaking out about bad calls, okay? And there are oh. some missed calls for sure. If, I, if I've yeah. got one in my head, I've got three or four, and you maybe have some too that you've seen after. Um, and it's not a perfect world. But is there something we can do, Russ? Is there anything you don't like when refs miss these calls, even even through video review or even if they're allowed to review it or not? This this seems to happen, uh, and people are arguing that it's changing the outcome of the game. Um, so what what's your take on that, about, about the refereeing? I, well, they've got two out there, so, you know, they shouldn't miss. They shouldn't miss too many, but they do, and that, and that, but they do, and then the uh, replay has helped. The cha- coach's challenge has helped. Um, when it really, I think where it's helped is with the goal, with the puck. If it crossed the line, it didn't cross the line. Did the guy touch the goalie? But penalties, you know, they're they're going to miss penalty. They're going to miss penalties. It it just is part of the. It is part of the game that unfortunately. You know, it's two human beings out there trying to control a game and you can't look, you can't cover the ice completely when the the play's moving so fast. So they're going to fuck up. You just try to get the guy, you try to, you know, the league tries to get the best referees that in the playoffs that don't miss shit. Right. And, and we're, you know, unfortunately we're, uh, we're seeing it. So you're all about the review in sports generally, I, the video review. I, I, I like it if it doesn't take fricking. 20 minutes there should be a time limit because that changes the momentum of the game if you allow another team 15 minutes 10 minutes five minutes to rest and get back into it just because they're looking at freaking videos it's it that changes the outcome of the game by letting guys rest or you're on a roll and you take that away by you know not by looking at these freaking calls so i i just think the the time limit should be two minutes or less. And if they can't figure it out, they can't figure it out. But fuck this like seven, eight minutes bullshit. No, I don't it's stupid. Listen, I don't care how long it takes. If you get it right. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you get it right, you know, yeah. taking it too long. Um, referees, Russ, you, you must heard some good shit, man, on the ice about uh, 
you know, chirping the refs and, and some, and, and even if not the refs, you must have heard some great chirps with players. One of my, one of the funniest I ever heard about, uh, Pepper, Jim Poplinski, who, who won a yeah. cup with the flames, a uh, funny guy in his own right, uh, was playing with Tim Hunter, of course, who just had yeah. a very successful, uh, was it world junior? Did he coach the juniors last year? Yeah. Tim and Hunter. fucking lost and lost. Yeah. Okay. But he yeah. was good. He was good. <laughs> um, anyway, he's got a fucking nose on him. Okay, that goes from here to forever. Okay, he's got the biggest nose in the world, and and Pepper was telling me that the funniest thing I ever heard back in the eighties, you know, before people had had cell phones or anything. Um, Hunter comes on the ice, and and Pepper hears a fan yell out, going, looking at this huge nose that he had, and the fan goes, "Hey, hey, Hans, hang up the phone." <laughs> <laughs> He said, "Fuck! He lost the um, face off. You know, he was laughing so hard. You got, you got to have a million of those. You've heard on the ice. I'm glad you brought up Hunts because we we're. I was playing for Montreal, and uh, he was playing for Calgary that year. Those fuckers beat us in the finals. Right. But that at New Year's, we ha- we always played them New Year's Eve. So he gets in a fight with somebody on our team. I can't remember, maybe Mart Martinson or something. And the referee comes over to the Calgary bench and goes." Hans's nose is bleeding. Can you give me a towel? And I said, get him a fucking bed sheet. (laughs) (laughs) And and both benches, absolutely. Like their bench was laughing as hard, if not harder than our bench. And the ref took the towel across the ice (laughs) and he was belly laughing all the way over to the penalty box. (laughs) So anyway, uh, we're talking about chirps, right? And, uh, so Paul Stewart, who was a longtime referee in the NHL and a good one, um, he was going to retire. So he had said somewhere in the press the night before a game, uh, you know, what, what's he going to do after he finishes refereeing his last game? He said, I'm, I'm going to go to a bridge and I'm going to throw my skates off there. And Sather uh, that night chirps out to Stewart while he's on the ice saying, look, at, do us all a favor when you throw your skates off that bridge. Make sure you keep them on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Gretzky had, you know what? Gretz had a good. Gretz had a good chirp, uh, subtle, because um, sometimes he'd come into games where they've decided someone's going to shadow him. Okay, yeah, yeah. The whole the whole game, right? They don't always do it because it didn't always work, of course. But they would they would shadow him, you know, and he's he's you know too close. The guy's ready to get the shit kicked out of him by some ink or whatever, and he keeps falling Gretz around the ice like a fucking maniac. And Gretz, Gretz's best one was looking at the guy and going, hey, and grabbing his jersey to turn it around, going, the fuck is your name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you got? I, I used to say that to young guys when they'd come in the league and they were chirping me, and I would say, turn around so I know who the fuck I'm arguing with. <laughs> <laughs> What about what about refs? Did you ever chirp them or not? Oh yeah, I I was I sometimes I just couldn't handle the refs and I would I I just couldn't hold back and I'd be giving it to them and one one day one guy I don't know his name he's like I said you're fucking awful tonight you have missed you you've missed every freaking call that's a fucking joke and he hands me his whistle I'm on the bench he goes you want to no. do it and I go no I don't want the cut and pay fuck off. <laughs> 
right. Yeah. I, heard- I wasn't winning any friends for the rest of my career with him. Yeah. I heard another guy, the ref went to hand him the whistle, and the guy said, I would, but I'm worried about all those open sores on your mouth, you fucker. <laughs> uh, uh, or the, be- the best always, the best I've always heard, one of the best I always heard was, it's 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 kind of it's it's kind of funny, but it stops a guy in his tracks, and the guy's chirping him, going "fuck you," you know. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip your head off, and then the other guy will go, "Hey, listen, say hi to your wife." <laughs> 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 guy go fucking nuts, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, this guy, we're we're playing for Dallas in Vancouver, and this guy was just giving it to Shane Churla. Yeah, and he's like, you know. Churla was our tough guy. And he's like, fuck you, Churla, you piece of shit. Yeah. And after about halfway through the game, Churls turns around to him. The guy's with like four buddies, right? Yeah. He says, would you mind telling your wife to get out of my room? Oh, no. <laughs> and his buddies all just started teasing, teasing oh, him. No. It was so funny. This guy was beat red. He was so embarrassed. Um, uh, <laughs> tell your wife get out of my room <laughs> yeah or yeah yeah i forget what the uh the uh, another one a guy said was yeah i i do your wife but the lineup's too long <laughs> jesus <laughs> you gotta tell you started this you gotta uh i've heard your brother jeff tell the story speaking of of, of pranks uh, and we had a few of them that you uh told us about uh, hotel, hotel pranks, the, the fire extinguisher. If yeah, you, yeah, if you yeah. haven't heard it, folks, go back over the first few episodes. You'll find it. Um, is your brother Jeff was rooming with Mark Bergevin? Mark Bergevin. Oh and, my God! In Detroit. Yep. Do you know the story oh. I'm talking about? Oh yeah. So so Bergy normally roomed, I think, with um, Brett Hall, maybe or McGin- right. it was McGinnis and Hall were out. So Jeff and Bergevin ended up as roommates and they were, you know, we'd always go for dinner and then you come back to the, your room, watch ESPN, watch the highlights and order dessert. That was kind of like everybody's routine pretty much. Right. Right. So they order dessert and, and whoever had the least seniority had to get up and let the guy in and, you know, sign for the bill. Right. So Bergy says, I have more games in the league than you. Oh, fuck. Well, that's anything, my timer to make sure my uh, computer Anything else, you fucking idiot? <laughs> no, my God. And you got a vibrator, a buzzer. <laughs> Fuck. What do we get next? A fire alarm? I got a, I'm just looking at options. I got a yeah. check coming over Jeez. tonight. Jeez. I got to figure out what I got. Oh, my God. So, anyways, uh, they're arguing. Yeah. And they're, they're both, you're, you're in your underwear, right? You're, you're yeah, in bed. Sure. So, Jeff finally gets up and he gets the door. And he right. lets, lets the guy in. The guy comes, push, you know, rolling in the, the cart. Food cart. Yeah. Bergy had got up and made Jeff's bed so it looked like they were in bed together. And he pulled the covers over his head and he goes, Hurry up, tell that guy to get out of here so we can get back at it. And Jeff's going, Bergy, Bergy, come on. And he's pulling the sheets and he goes, I don't want anyone to see me in here like this with you. Hurry up, tell that guy to get out of here. Jeff, like, fuck off, Bergy. And the guy's looking at Jeff and he goes, Sir, I really don't care what's going on in here. Can you just sign the bill? I think Bergy's even going, where's that ice cream, big boy? Bring that ice cream in here. <laughs> but when the eagles underneath the sheets. When, when, the guy was, when the guy was rolling the card out of the room, Bergy said, Jeff, 
put the red dress back on and get into bed. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. Oh, anyways, yeah, there's, it, it, there's lots of those stories, I'm sure, fuck guys. But those two, yeah, it was nonstop. Even to this day, they're still screwing around with each other. It's just uh, funny. Best practical jokers ever. Um, speaking of funny, um, Brett Hall, of course, who was the, I guess he was the uh, front office guy with St. Louis not too long ago. And uh, Brett doesn't give a shit what he says, right? No. Doesn't, doesn't give a shit what he said. And um, I don't know if I told this story where he was on a, he won a, he was hosting a trip with Mark Cuban. Yeah. Uh, when he was in Dallas. Uh, I'll tell the St. Louis story later, but, um, and uh, Cuban comes up with this deal where people auction, it's called mystery at 30,000 feet. Yeah. And um, th- that's exactly what it is. You pay, you know, you're, you pay a bunch of dough, you jump on this plane and then they're going to tell you where they're going. Right? right. And Brett Hall, I'm in, I'm in uh, Los Angeles when Wayne's fantasy camp was there. <laughs> so there's a hundred guys who paid a bunch of dough to come and play hockey with Wayne, a bunch of other pros, yourself included Russ. Yeah. And Brett was there and, and we're, we're into the cups pretty good. It was a scotch cigar night. And if you've never met Brett Hall, uh, you, have, you uh, need to know this about him. He's so got funny. no filter, no, no fucking filter. He yeah. doesn't care who it is. So he's telling this story. And there's a circle of us standing around, but included in this circle of people listening was this older woman who, who came as a guest of her husband. Yeah. And uh, she's, she's probably touching 80, you know, and right. pure as the driven snow, looked like an angel. And Holly is puffing on the cigar talking about so anyway i get on this goddamn plane and uh we we land we land somewhere now fuck i don't know where it is in south america or something we get off the plane it's about a thousand fucking degrees out two million percent humidity and i'm looking around for the hotel and the guy says it's just it's just up all these stairs through the jungle up here to the top. You're staying in huts. And Holly goes, and he's about 50 over at that time. Yeah. You know? And he says, so he's looking right at the lady while he's drinking his scotch and the cigar. And he goes, so anyway, I'm walking up these stairs, ma'am. And I'm sweating like a fucking fag eating a hot dog. <laughs> It's only it's only Brett Hall can put it, you know. Jesus, it's like he got stopped. He was with Kelly Chase going into a game. You know, he was a he went yeah. in front off. Was he the GM in St. Louis or president? No, he was. Um, I think he was in that role of president. Uh, yeah, a big job anyway. Yeah, yeah. He had a big job. Yeah, I can't remember and, exactly. And Not if you looked at his face or something before, you know, it's, it's almost like he didn't even want to go to the fucking game. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and Kelly Chase is talking about. They're 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 going to the game. I guess they carpooled a little bit or something, yeah. and and they're at the security of the players' entrance, you know, down the ramp where the parking lot is, and and they're late, you know. And Chase is going, Jesus, Holly, we got to get the fucking game, you know. Yeah. I was like, whatever. And he stops at the at the gate, and the security guy says, "I need your pass, <laughs> right?" And and, and and Brett says, "Well, I don't have my pass." <laughs> and the and the security guy goes, and and Chase is like, "Do you know who it is?" He goes, "Doesn't matter. I need his pass." Yeah. And Holly says, well, I don't have it. And the guy says, well, I can't let you in. So Brett says, no problem. And he turns around and goes home. <laughs> oh, so Chaser so and Chaser and Holly are working for uh, Discovery Land Company. Same, same company I'm working for in Nashville. Right. Yep. And so 
they're selling the development and right. and and Holly's doing a great job. You know, we all had this is a huge high end yeah real estate company that you're yeah. working for, right? Right, yeah. exactly. So they're in Nashville. Right. Uh, they got their real estate licenses. They bought homes there. They're and Holly's doing everything you're, you you have to do, right? So Chaser's going fuck. You'd be you. Yeah, I'm so impressed with Holly. He's doing a, he's doing a great job. And he goes, right. but <laughs> you know the HR people. Yeah. They they want to meet with you for three hours to go over all the rules, and they that keep ain't happening. And they keep emailing us. When can we meet? And yeah. Holly isn't responding. And then finally, this lady sends out this nasty email going, Brett, pick a day that you're available to meet with us for three hours for HR. And he goes, July thirty second. <laughs> oh yeah. I saw him. I saw him. I, I saw him in uh in fact you were there too. There was he played golf with uh Wayne and Brett and Mary Lemieux played golf against Mike Weir in yeah. a in a, yeah, in a, a I was there. Was yeah, awesome. you were there because you guys flew in yeah. in the middle of the night. Yeah. And um Halifax, if you've never been there, there's there's like I forget oh, what they fun. call it, but there's there's five bars that are all attached. Yeah, you, you can walk indoors to each one. The fucking whole I, city's there every night. Like, <laughs> I, I want to say Liquor Dome or something like that. Everyone's yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. All the kids are there too. Yeah, they yeah. do their homework and then they come down to get fucking smashed. It's beautiful. And you know, you think Hollywood say stuff to some of there would be a punchline, but there never was. You know, and yeah. he's sitting at the bar, and there's people sort of. I'm behind him, and we're all sitting around. They're getting annihilated. And there's a sort of lineup of people who want to get his autograph, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and some, some young girl, you know, or, or kid about 15 or 16, sneaks his way up to the front where Brett is. And Brett's sitting there, you know, sort of disgusted with life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the kid says, excuse me. And he, t- and he looks at him, right? Yeah. Brett looks at the kid. He goes, can I get your autograph? And Holly goes, Fuck off. <laughs> and, but there's no punchline. You know, you, you might do that as a joke. I'm just kidding. You know, come on, yeah. let's get a picture. But he just turns back around and never says anything. But it was so funny. You know, oh, my God. It was so freaking funny, man. He is, he is hilarious. God, I love him. Beauty. Great, great man. Rusty. Yeah, Brad. Brady. Yeah. I haven't even started drinking yet. <laughs> yeah, we've put another. Uh, what's on? What's on tonight? What do we got? Nice little red. Couple yeah. of bottles of red. Couple. Some, I've been. Uh, uh, I've been um, having Bure family wines lately. Val Bure. It's fabulous wine. Um, but uh, oh, we got the hockey player. Yeah, yeah. Sent me uh, some wines up here at Gazer in Idaho. I've been pounding those with, with yeah. my friends. So uh, nice. I don't know what I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna get into. Something maybe a little white tonight. Nice. Yeah. You know, I tried, I made my own wine. Then we got to get out of here. I made my own wine, Russ. Yeah. Uh, I got the kit. I bought everything. I brought it home, got the grapes. So I thought I'd make my own batch of wine. I thought this might be pretty good. So I sent it away to get it analyzed. Yeah. And uh, I got an email back from them. They said, thanks very much, Mr. Jerome. We got your sample. And yes, your horse has diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get out of here. Oh, yeah. That's five. Number five done. Don't you love the stuff Brett Hall is made of? Unbelievable. Another great show, Rusty. Stick around. We're going to be back next week with another show of The Suspendables. Jerome and Cordell Unleashed. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. 